Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode nineteen of Naked Data Science, the number one podcast for people who lead data science projects and teams. This episode is about domain knowledge. We discussed how domain knowledge can supercharge your data science work. The half life of truth at three levels of business domain knowledge. Why it is important to follow the money in data science, and last but not least, three ways to acquire new domain knowledge fast. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Naked Data Science. This is Hao, and I'm Nima. All right, Nima. What are we going to talk about this time? This episode, we want to talk about domain knowledge or learning about the business domain where you're applying data science. In many different Venn diagrams or other structures where people have tried to capture whatever you need to do successful data science, there's typically a part that is called domain knowledge, and that means to know about the problem domain and the business domain in which you're applying data science. And this seems to be a part of data science that is harder to tame, or at least less standard to teach. And in this episode, we want to talk about why it's important, what could be beneficial about knowing about your domain, and And some suggestions on how you can faster and more effectively learn about the business domain or the problem domain that you're facing. Yeah, every time I look at that Venn diagram, I think the other two are coding skills and also mathematics or, or statistics.、Um, yeah, there are so many versions of that. So、thing. many versions, right? But then, <laughs> but then, what is very common is that you will always find tons of tutorials or courses about the other two circles of the diagram, not necessarily the domain knowledge one, right? I think the one underlying assumption there is that oh, if data scientists can learn the other things, they can easily learn the business domain. I think. More or less, that's true, but then with some caveat. It can take somebody ten years to learn something, and it can take somebody a month to learn something. Definitely, the intellectual capability is there, but then that need to be mixed in with some other considerations, like how you approach it, what's the more effective way of doing it, and also, you know, the willingness of doing it. People who are capable data scientists who've mastered a lot of techniques and skills can probably also. Learn about the problem domain that they're working in, but the willingness and realizing the importance of that is definitely a key decisive factor. It's often kind of like a second thought, or at least it's something that okay, if I don't need to touch this, then、uh, maybe it's good that I don't know more about. But also on the other side, sometimes I have seen in some teams where you have more business-oriented roles, like a, a product owner or product manager. Those people also somehow, when it comes to working with the data scientists, they prefer to translate the problem, the business context, etc., into some kind of more data science-friendly version. So then, you know, going from okay, this is the problem we try to find out, this is the hypothesis we want to test, go straight into something very specific and say, give me those two numbers. I just don't necessarily think that is the best way to do. What, what do you think about that? Probably a large part of it is due to the expectations and the picture that we define of the data scientist. Especially historically, I believe specialization was kind of extreme in the way that people looked at the data scientist role. Data scientists were looked at people who are very good at math and statistics, and sometimes didn't need to know, or even were assumed not to care or not to know anything about the business domain or the meaning of things. And of course, this has been refuted time and time again. There are so many stories. 
especially from more senior data scientists about how many stupid mistakes can you make due to ignorance of your domain. So rightfully, it's been pointed out a lot of times how important it is to know about your business domain. And from my own experience and the data scientists that I had the chance to work with, it can really help them to be much more effective problem solvers. Given two data scientists at around the same level of expertise in dealing with data, the one with better domain knowledge even with better curiosity to learn about their domain, could be easily two times, if not five times or 10 times more effective in problem solving than the counterpart who is disinterested in their domain. And I think that's not only good for from a business perspective, right? Solving the problems faster and more effectively. But also we have seen cases, a similar profile or competency in, on the data science side, but then some more interested and build up over time a stronger understanding of the domain knowledge. Those team members also tend to get more recognition and also feel happier because there are just less surprises and less quote unquote politics in their way. For me, it was very rewarding to work as a data scientist in industry just because there was meaning to the variables I was dealing with. And I could really enjoy that there is real impact in the work that I'm doing because I'm no more dealing with hypothetical scenarios. They have real impact in the world. And there's a joy definitely in that way of thinking and that way of working. I can also imagine why you might undermine or underestimate the importance of domain knowledge. One end of the extreme, which is, of course, not very practical, is that if you have enough data, you can learn everything. So if you have enough data, you can learn about every relationship between the variables, every known formula or system that is there could be discovered by your methods, uh, by machine learning or by other models that you can build by fitting things to your data. And the other end of the extreme, which was probably more traditionally the case, was that everything is domain knowledge. So if you work in the insurance business, if you work in marketing, there are rules, there are laws, there are predefined formulas that can explain and that can be used for making decisions and predictions. And of course, that end of the extreme has also been found suboptimal time and time again. And I believe the real practice of data science and data-driven problem solving is somewhere in the middle, where you acknowledge the theories, acknowledge what has been discovered already, the general rules and common sense and laws about the domain, but you also take advantage of the data to advance this, to make better decisions and to solve problems more effectively. Yeah, I think to move to the middle, imagine that if you start from the extreme where everything is just domain knowledge, in order to move to the middle, what it requires you is to break that existing way of thinking to start questioning some of the business rules or certain even arbitrary or man-made parameters and really test them out to see, okay, if we change this or if we ignore this, is it really that bad? What you often found is that because time has changed or market has changed or the business has changed, what used to be an optimal point even might not be an optimal point anymore after three or four years, right? And that is very common. So then there already you have a lot of potential low-hanging fruit. And if you started from the extreme of, okay, let's just crunch all the data and see what comes out, then if you move towards to the middle, at least you are looking at less number crunching, less computation costs, but also maybe faster to market, maybe you are much faster to deploy things. So there are very obvious advantages when you are coming from either of the extremes. Now, when it gets more towards the middle, this is where things get a little bit blurry and it's more of a, a art than science. 
But then in our experience and also in the stories we heard, usually you can find easily part of the domain where it's in either of the two extremes. And that is where usually you can get a lot of initial quick return on the time you spend in, on those topics. It seems logical to conclude that learning everything again is not optimal. So if you aim to discover everything from the data that is known in your domain, that is common sense in your domain, then you're not really moving in the optimal direction. You're potentially losing a lot of chances in solving your problems. On the other hand, taking everything granted in your domain is also not going to advance things and you could also lose opportunities there. So being on that right level of skeptical in the middle and looking for opportunities is definitely where you want to be. So I have this uh, oversimplified mental model when it comes to data science. I have multiple mental models, but one of them is that very fundamentally data science is observing the behavior of a system. And that system a lot of times, especially if you are in a business, is the business, right? And potentially the broader system that that business is in, which is the industry. Right? So for example, what just happens with the COVID-19, it has fundamental impact on a lot of industries and that trigger down to company level. So the thing is that when you are studying or you are developing solution that aims to change certain behavior of the system or optimize certain part of the system, whenever an industry changed or the company changed, you kind of need to look at the situation again and say, okay, was my observation still relevant? Was the solution I developed still relevant? Or do I really need to think about stuff? A lot of times it's not that bad, but then sometimes there are things that let's say average data scientists from the business side, they will say, oh, okay, I guess this strategy is changing, or I guess we are not doing that anymore. And it doesn't register, but it can have very significant impact on some of the solutions you work with or some of the data you used to rely on. I think that is a really great example of mixing domain knowledge with observations. When a world-changing event like COVID-19 happens, that's a time where a lot of your mental models could not be correct anymore, when the present might not really look like the past anymore. And this is a great opportunity to actually turn to data and look for modifications or adaptations to the already existing domain knowledge. But then again, it seems suboptimal to deny the potential or the importance of being familiar with the existing domain knowledge. Imagine just as problem solvers, you're working with groups of other people in your organization. And it's very likely that as specialists in the field, as experts, even as people who have just been in your company for a longer time, they have their own language for talking about things. They have gathered learnings specific to your industry, specific to your company that is present in conversations and discussions whenever those people are involved. And being unaware of it means that you will not be able to connect and you will not be able to collaborate with those people on the most effective level. So I think it's really important, especially from a social and collaborative problem-solving perspective, to do acknowledge the existing lingo, the existing culture, and existing pieces of knowledge that are available to the problem-solvers that you're collaborating with. Linking to that is applying the concept of the half-life of truth to domain knowledge. The idea of a half-life of truth is that in different disciplines, what you learn at any given point as the truth, in X years, half of them will turn out to be not truth anymore because we found out new things about it. 
So for example, in medicine, this is very typical. If you start a med school, you do, depends on where you are in the world, five to eight years. And then by the time you graduate, half of the stuff that used to be truth when you started will no longer be true anymore. This applies to domain knowledge in business as well, but then also with different levels. So if you look at industry level, their knowledge tend to change less frequently because you have less fundamental change to industries. Some trends come and go, but then usually you don't really need to care about those kind of things because that usually got also reflected in your company strategy because it's the hottest thing to chase after in the 2021 anyway. On the other hand, some of the fundamental dynamics, like how your company work with other companies, you know, what is the value chain in the industry? How is value created? How it passed down to different companies? Those things don't change. Even in the future, you leave this company, those knowledge stay with you. You go to interview for another company in the same industry, you know about those things as to your advantage. And surprisingly, a lot of times it helps you to not having to do a lot of the work because then based on the industry knowledge, you can say, well, I know we can get to 92% uh, coverage here, but it's not really necessary. This saves you a lot of work and you can use it to do some other more meaningful stuff. And then there's the next level, business model of your business. At that level, still things don't change in the scale of typically five to seven years. You don't, you don't see changes there. Again, if you learn that right now, you stay in a company. Nowadays, people rarely stay beyond five years to seven years in a company. You know that things you learn there will still be worthwhile. So this is the domain knowledge where you say, okay, how does the business make money? Who are our customers? How do they become our customers? And how do we get money from them? And the whole chain in between, a lot of times, again, can help you decide whether something is more important or less important. Do an all-nighter or you can just chill and uh, let things go. And then one level on top of that then is the specific organization side of the company, which is, okay, what team is doing what? What are the goals for the next year? Or what is the quarterly goal? These things change a lot more. If you have time, then it's still good to learn about the part that are most relevant to your work. Because again, this is how you create value for the company. We are a big believer of, you know, if you work in a company, you should be creating value. Otherwise, sooner or later, people will say, why do we have this guy here and paying him salary again? Yeah. So for those know the basics, have some working mental model in your head. Like Nima mentioned, this keyword means that that thing is important and we need to deliver this because this data or this solution is going to be used in this way. I think if we cover these, we have a pretty good cover from the industry to the business-specific domain knowledge. It's very interesting that you mentioned this hierarchy of knowledge in some way with things that are more stable and more fundamental at the bottom, at the industry level potentially, and then getting more specific in the business model that your company is following, and of course, most specific in the shape of your organization. That could help data scientists or any problem solver to have a direction about learning the domain that they are busy in. But what about industry hopping? Going from industry to industry is also a reality for a lot of data scientists, given the demand for data scientists. I specifically know that you're very good in learning about new things. I think among the people that I know, probably you're the best in quickly jumping into a totally new topic and learning the ins and outs of it, at least being very conversant about the topic in a very quick time. Do you have any suggestions, any general tactics or rules or tools that could be useful for people who are moving to a new industry to learn about it? 
So I'm a, a bit of a learning addict. What I try to do is that every month I try to learn something completely new. So it's a domain of knowledge or some discipline that is completely new, usually far out from things I know before. So for example, one month I will be learning about ecology, build some basic mental model there and do some practical project like uh, building a uh, planted aquarium, for example. And then the other months I will be looking into, okay, how do you draw, for example, still life? Yeah. And then again, trying to pick out the mental model there, give it a month and then complete a little project and move on. I, I got a lot of inspiration early on by Timothy Ferris. And also I think there were a couple of guys who did a similar one month challenge. So they want to learn something very quickly, accelerated learning, I think is the turn about it. For me, I just enjoy building different mental models because I'm kind of like a journalist. So then I enjoy learning about different things and then try to see the similarity and connection and use and try to apply mental models from some discipline to a completely different discipline. My general approach there is that first start with the mindset that uh, you probably heard about the rule of 10,000 hours, which is you need about 10,000 hours of practice to become the world's best at anything. Apply for definitely some of the fields, but then also those 10,000 hours are not equal. Right. So if you are completely new to a domain and you can spend the first 10, 20 hours and really get the 80 to 90 percent of things that you will ever use in real life or any kind of small projects relevant to that domain. And my approach there in general, I begin with trying to find what are the best books on certain topic. I will do the Google search and then I'll find what are the best books. Uh, usually you find like five, six different lists that say these are the top X books on topic X. And then I read through all those lists and then I try to find the common books among them because then usually those are the more fundamental books. And then once I got that, then I find those books and go through them very quickly. And then what I try to do is to get a grips of the keywords in there. For example, three books can talk about the same topic, but depends on your prior knowledge, one of them will be the best fit for you. So what I try to do is to try to find that best book. And then I spend time going through it. Depends on the type of book. But for example, if it's a book that teaches some kind of coding, some kind of framework, then I just follow it through. I try to stay as practical as possible, but then also try to pick up the seven to 10 mental models that are very important in that discipline. Because once you can identify those knowledge, it covers again, yeah, 80 to 90% of everything you need. I think the equivalent of that in the business, because a lot of times if you talk about general like industry stuff or business model stuff, you can find books like that. But then when it comes to your business specifically, then you probably don't have books. So then there, the equivalent I have is I try to find out what are those top three people who knows the most about certain things. So for example, if I want to learn what is the end-to-end -end conversion funnel of our customers, I'll try to ask a couple of people that knows more people in the business and say, okay, I, I'm interested in this. Who are the top people I should talk to? I find those three, I have a chat with them, grab a coffee, grab a tea, and then I try to get from them to say, hey, if uh, I'm quite new to this topic, can you give me a 15 minutes rundown? And then I ask some question to you afterwards. And after you have done this with all three, you have a pretty good idea of all the keywords they use, you know, how they think about certain things. If it's a technical topic, then sometimes they can go into detail very quickly, then maybe ask questions to 
get them back to the general thing to say, okay, if we look at that thing you just mentioned as a black box and it has an input and output, what would those be? And when do you know that this thing is working as intended? When do you know it's working well? So that's how I really try to pick up the knowledge. And once you have done that, surprisingly, you will know more about 95 to 99% in your organization about those topics because most people just never have the time or the interest or the motivation enough to dig into topics like that. Whenever I do that, it really helps me talk about the topic more meaningfully. I can engage the topic experts, not challenging them on the technical level or stuff like that, but really how to bring in my perspective and say, okay, what does that mean? What would then you need to be taking into consideration? That's how I do it. You are also very good at picking up, especially like new systems and new technology, but also new domain. I've seen you asking three questions and really just get to the essence of a new topic that we just started working with. And you were able to explain to me quite well afterwards. How do you do that? One of the tools that has come handy to me a lot of times is following the information chain, especially in domains when information is of essence. And you would find that in most of the interesting business domains, when you work with data, information plays a very big role following the information chain can be a very good way to get a big picture of the system in which you're working to get a sense of the main players that are in that system that are producing and consuming and transforming information and in the end if you can follow from the information that enters your organization until the shape that information leaves your organization and reaches the users or the customers of your organization on different scales that's a very effective way to get a picture of how a business works and to get a picture of the domain knowledge in your organization. It's not the only tool that could be useful, but typically it turns out to at least identify the biggest players, but also by following how different pieces of knowledge and information are called, for instance, you end up learning about a lot of terminology, a lot of buzzwords, a lot of acronyms in your organization. That has been my main focus in learning about things. Can you give a, maybe a fictional example or a simple example of a information chain from how it enters a organization until it leaves? Consider an e-commerce website. There are so many pieces of information that come in your organization. There are information about the products that describe the products, classify the products. Some of them are more stable. Some of them are more dynamic, for instance, like availability and prices. The providers of those products could change or could have different offerings. Another set of important information in your business is typically related to some form of marketing. Could be related to, for instance, AdWords and prices that you pay to get traffic to your website and of course in the end there's information that reaches the user and information from the user interactions that comes back to your system and becomes a feedback loop for your system even trying to get a hang of these three or four main pieces of information how they are restored how they are transformed and how they are retrieved typically gives you a rather good picture of how your business works especially if you don't forget about that sometimes the most important information which is money that is being transferred and the amount of money or revenue that your organization earns and of course the money that your organization spends which is 
potentially a lot of it in advertisement and getting traffic to your website. You get a rather good sense of how your business works. But if you follow this information chain inside your organization, you can also know very quickly about the terminology that are used to refer to these pieces of information, which are the key teams that work with, store, and retrieve this information, what are the main databases and even main tables or other data structures that hold this kind of information. What are the main KPIs that people look at and care about? And for me, because it's closer to data, maybe, that has been typically one of the better ways to get a hang of your domain. And I have to admit, one of the ways I also end up learning about a business a lot is by being curious about the database. Just sometimes being nosy and looking in different tables, looking in different column names. And it was surprising to me the first few times that I learned how much you can discover looking in two places. One is databases and the names of columns and tables and the other is having a peek in the code that is available in your organization because a lot of the business terms a lot of the objects that your company is dealing with tend to or ideally have to be also represented in your code and in your other infrastructure yeah i think the second point is a very interesting and it's one of those things I always wish I have more time to uh, dig into, but then because my role is more on the business and strategy side, I never was able to spend more time on it. But whenever I do that, I really start feeling that I'm no longer talking about certain concepts in business at a surface level. And then I can start going into the more essence of things because part of the job of modeling the data is also to get to the essence of things. So then I think that really helps when you do this. And I think if you have done the information chain mapping, for the lack of a better word, exercise that Nima just mentioned, one of the things that you can immediately add tons of value to your organization and people you work with is to document that in some format that is easy or relatively easy to understand and really share that with people or just keep a copy. Yeah? You usually have some kind of knowledge management platform in your business so maybe some kind of internal wiki or something. Put it there and I guarantee, A, it's very unlikely anyone will have done it, or at least not recently. And B, you will help your team and people you don't even know that exist in the organization, you will help them in the next three months because when they see this, this can really help solve some problem from a completely different angle. There's always a benefit in looking at things with fresh eyes. And painting that picture concretely can also bring out things that everybody might have thought about slightly differently. But now that you, as a novice, with your fresh eyes, start looking at it, you might find surprising things. And now that we talked about data, one of the more valuable things you can do about domain knowledge is if you hear about rules and laws and stories, things that everybody knows in your organization, and you have access to some data related to those, I cannot emphasize enough the value of actually looking in your data and checking for those patterns or those laws or those pieces of knowledge. See how much the data confirms to that. If what people are talking about is really true, it would be irreplaceable to actually feel and see it in your data. And the other possibility of finding out that the data is not exactly according to what people think about is also going to be super valuable for you, for your organization, and for your image in the company. Even beyond the uh, level of pattern there. For example, we have seen at least a couple of times in the past few years where people are working on a solution. For example, there's a solution where you are supposed to consolidate certain information 
from different sources into one uh, single version of truth. And that is based on plain text data. We all know the challenge of working with text and, uh, you know, every information source typing things differently. So it end up quite messy and you need to improve that. Now, the thing is, if you trace back the information value chain, you might well find out that five years ago, when people first put this solution together, they don't have any other information to work with other than the plain text. But then within those five years, the world has changed. The producer of that data you are using has changed. And now there are more neat, more categorized data that you can readily use instead of dealing with plain text. And you won't be able to find this unless you look up the information chain. You might say, okay, then, but sure, when this happens, people or the teams that are working on the upstream of the information chain, surely they will notify you. No, they will not, because usually there is no direct incentive for them to do so. And if you don't look up the information chain, if you don't try to map that out, if you don't talk to the people who knows about this, who are the experts in the business for this, you can well easily waste a couple of months at least trying to improve the solution that is based on plain text and likely not go very far with it. It might be a good point as well to mention that while it's important to know about your domain, it's not the most daunting task. You don't necessarily have to become an expert in your domain. You don't necessarily have to become the go-to person in every problem about your domain. But there are other pragmatic levels that you can achieve and still be effective problem solvers. I think the example you gave is a really good one where although you're new to a domain, by looking at things in a new way and by revisiting some of the existing things, you can already make potentially a huge improvement in your domain. That being said, always balance that with respect to people who did the work or you know, certain decisions people make in the past. I think one of the worst things you can do is you start asking questions and people start sharing with you and then it come across that you are being judgmental or you come across as you are being passively aggressive about the information you got, you start questioning everything, not considering how that lands on other people. That will really burn a lot of bridge. And next time, if you want to talk to the same person, you are unlikely to get very far depends on the organizational culture, that line is different, but then pay attention to this. Again, you don't need to go in and worry all about, whoa, if I say one sentence here, how would that person feel? Just pay some attention to that. That's again, I think, great advice. It's easy to look at something suboptimal and then start looking down at things, especially if you're a newbie and you have a bit of ego, then you can easily think every suboptimality that you see is pointing out to incompetence of people. But as probably a big lesson in learning about your domain and gaining domain knowledge, have in mind that there could be very good reasons and there could be even a complex chain of objects and components in history that led to a suboptimal decision. I think we talk a lot in the podcast about different reasons for making suboptimal decisions. So if you go to a new domain and you see some suboptimalities, do notice them, but be a bit more humble and leave room for good explanations for the suboptimalities as well. Yeah, I think there is the point where knowing a bit about the history in the organization, how things come into place can really help you gain that perspective. There, again, is a balance that you do want to understand how things come into place, but then you also don't want to be constrained by them. Now, having said that, if we want to sum it up, a lot of people might be very intimidated by entering a completely new domain. And especially the people who are hiring might also be skeptical about new data scientists who come 
come from a different industry to be able to learn domain. Can you share what is your approach there? What is your expectation there? If somebody is coming fresh from university or if somebody has worked in a completely different sector, how long do you expect them to take to learn a new domain? For anyone coming to my team, I think it's in general reasonable to expect that within the first three months, this person does not deliver net value in the sense that this person will deliver value, but then also that person will require similar amount of investment from others in order to get that value. And then the point is that beyond three months, that person can take on and go ahead with it. I would say also, it depends on whether you have somebody who is more senior, or for example, you work with somebody even on the product side or the business side who is very keen and interested to share those knowledge with you. I have seen people picking up a small part of a domain knowledge in the matter of weeks. Again, that depends on the project, so don't push yourself too hard. But then if just happens that you're working, one of your first tasks is working on something that is more business domain heavy, that is realistic. Again, I have seen also people coming into the business and six months I talked to that person in three, four different topics. I feel that that person basically knows as much as anyone else in the organization. In the approach I mentioned, I think you can get to 80% to 90% of the knowledge in the matter of a week or two. That should be possible if you spend like an hour a day to just look into stuff, talking to people. Yeah, that's my experience as well. And I think you also raised a really good point there that in the onboarding of your people, take into account not only the technical details that they need to get familiar with, not only your technical setup, your code base, your database, but also pay attention to provide enough domain knowledge for them in an iterative fashion. What you mentioned, I think, is a very nice goal to try to achieve, to see if you can help them with getting that 80% as fast as possible, and then, of course, expect them and enable them to go the rest of the way by demand and in iteration and in the smaller steps as they start working. The benefit of getting on top of that 80% is that they can already start creating value. And then this is a great win-win situation. They can already make impact. They can already feel positive and you can already benefit from the work that they are doing. Absolutely. We cover a lot. So tradition of the show, one key takeaway. Mine is easy. Find those three experts in whatever next new business domain topic you're working on and just spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes, have a chat with them. I have a suggestion maybe in the similar line, but I want to suggest to data scientists who are working in industry to spend maybe one or two days potentially in the weekend, to learn a bit about the history of your industry. As we've talked about it also before, history tends to repeat itself. A lot of ideas that were popular in some time go out of fashion, but then come back again. And I think you could save yourself a lot of times and give yourself a really nice toolbox of mental models and ideas if you go back to roots and learn about the history of your industry and potentially, if, if there's some time left, to learn about the other industries or other disciplines that impacted or influenced your industry. All right, everyone. This is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening and see you next time. See you next time. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we will advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. 
Find out more at nds.show/webinar. That is nds.show/webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day. Thank you.